Hello, everybody. Welcome back to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture Zoom cast here for our annual Oscar predictions episode. That's right. We are locking in our picks for the 94th Academy Awards. Welcome. My name's Ernest. Um, my name is Hugh Glass himself. Um, listeners will know, uh, this is Hunter. Uh, listeners, longtime listeners will know that every Oscar season, I spend about 14 days uh, in the wilderness of the Dakotas, mm. eating only raw bison liver um, day and night for 14 days, 14 nights, to channel uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's most well-known performance as Hugh Glass in The Revenant. I, I thought you were going to go for Bronco Henry. Uh, see, I the thing is that, like, there's not a lot of night sequences in uh, in Power oh, of the Dog. Okay. So yeah. I don't really. Is there a single, like, nighttime in Power of the Dog? Does the sun ever set? I think when they're inside the house playing the band. Yeah, yeah. It's it dark is. inside, but never outside. Outside, yeah. Jane is just like, no, we're going to sit with these beautiful planes, these yeah. beautiful vistas. I, I guess I'm in Arrakis reporting live. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing this high remotely. Off spice. Very high off spice. We're doing this remotely because, uh, well, first of all, you were sick, Hunter, but now you're no longer sick. You got better. But then somehow Drew got sick. And then he was like, well, I got to do the pod on Zoom. And then he was like, actually, never mind. I'm boycotting the Oscars. Because my favorite films of 2021, old and malignant, were not nominated in any categories. So that's why Drew's not here. He was also, he was very upset. Drew has always been the guy who says that for him, the best picture is the animated shorts. And so the fact that they took that off of the ceremony, he decided to boycott the entire thing and just yeah. said, no, thank you. Well, I th- he did I think- send in some of his picks though that we will be announcing here for the podcast. So we'll yeah. we'll we'll save those. Yeah, spoilers. Best Gabriel is Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. yeah. So we want to guess that one. All right. So before we actually dive into the picks, let's talk a little bit about the this year's Oscars because I don't think we uh, got a chance to talk about the nominations when they were announced uh, a month ish ago. I want to say. Um, so just real quick to just kind of set the stage, um, the power of the dog leads the pack, um, with 12 nominations. Um, you always have, there's always one movie. You're, uh, you're Benjamin buttons that, uh, <laughs> that just like, uh, just rake in like all the nominations. And then once you're actually locking in the picks, you're like, oh my God, is it going to win a single award? um then dune with 10 and then tied for seven belfast and west side story king richard got six and then don't look up drive my car and nightmare alley all got four so those are like the multiple nominations then you start to get into the threes and the twos with being the ricardos coda and canto flea licorice pizza the lost daughter no time to die tragedy of, of macbeth Corella, Eyes of Tammy Faye, Parallel Mothers, Tick, Tick, Boom, and The Worst Person in the World. So those are all the movies that were nominated for more than one, at least two Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we should say though that like getting 12 nominations is no joke like a lot right. of times you'll see the movie that will get like 9 10 maybe 11 but 12 has only been done a handful of times i mean the record for the most nominations ever is only 14 so like the only thing kind of going against power of the dog is a couple of the technical categories and then maybe like one or two of the acting um, that it is missing in. I guess it's just the one. I guess it's just supporting actress is the only right. acting category that's missing in. But um, otherwise, it is still kind of wild uh, as we look at this that we've spent months and months and months thinking Power of the Dog is this powerhouse. Or, well, going back even further, it was Power of the Dog versus Belfast. Right. And that was what we thought we were the conversation was going to be. I saw Belfast opening weekend ready for the Belfast conversation. Um, kind of thankfully, that didn't ever occur. Um, shout out to Dame Judy Dench for getting nominated. Oscars never change. Um, but this is kind of it's it's flip. There's definitely a dichotomy there, um, which is better than a situation last year. We had where it's just like we knew that Nomadland was winning Best Picture for six months. That was kind yeah. of boring. Um, but if there was a movie that was going to come in here, I was not expecting Coda to be perfectly honest. Hey. But here we are. The movie with only three nominations might be winning Best Picture. Remember when I predicted this when we talked about Coda like four or five episodes ago? Here's the thing. Um, you and some other people who were predicting Coda ahead of time, y'all should have put some money down because <laughs> Coda was at one point, like, I think at one point uh, early on in the awards race, remember they first put numbers out, it was like basically 50 to one odds. Holy and crap. And then whenever like people started to see it, it started to get nominated for SAGs and stuff like that. It was like 16 or 12 to one. Now it's basically at even odds. Now it is almost just like basically... You at ten dollars, I think it's at plus one ten here. I do have the betting odds pulled up. Yeah, me too. We'll be referencing on um while on we're Vegas, here. Vegas Insider. It's at uh, plus one thirty. Um, yeah. Still not on Vegas Insider. At least still not uh, at the top slot. Uh, Power of the Dog is at minus one fifty five. But on Gold Derby, which doesn't use actual betting odds. Um, it does have the top slot with a six to one odds uh, of winning. Yeah. Um, so, and it just overtook Power of the Dog on Gold Derby, like within the last day or so. Yeah, no, I think that it changed today because I was looking at this earlier today, these odds, and they were like both at around the same. And I think that Coda just hopped ahead of it. So wild, wild time. Um, real quick. Do we think like it where where are you at with Coda and the Coda discourse at this point? Taking a step back from all of this. Well, first of all, I love the fact that we are, you know, we're recording this uh what three days before the Oscars, and we still it's it's just neck and neck. Like I love that. I love the fact that like it could really come down to either one of these, and then maybe even a third surprise one could sneak in there like it's that kind of year where like you know voting closed like monday mm -hmm. like 
it's this is this is coming down to the wire. So if, if like enough ballots were all over the place, you could have like a number three situation, you know, because we we got to explain this every year, but because it, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it. But the way best picture is, is this rank choice voting where um, you submit your ballot by ranking the best picture nominees from one to ten. Um, and it's about reaching a majority of the vote and eliminating choices from the bottom of the ballot until the, you know, the top most choice on everybody's list has, uh, above 50% above the the total percent mark. Right. So it's a little bit tough to kind of wrap your head around it, but there are some good visualizations on YouTube that kind of break it down. Uh, with some with some infographics but if you have a lot of people that have coda as their number one or number two but it doesn't you know get to 50 percent you might have a lot of other people that have coda much lower on their on their ballots Mm -hmm. but they might have like dune or nightmare alley at number three and then it starts to get to the point where it's like oh shit like if that ballot nightmare alley for best picture is is coming that's, that that's what ballot, i'm ready for <laughs> if that ballot that has coda if there's enough people that had coda lower on their ballot and then their top two choices got eliminated because it was like you know uh um what like don't look up or belfast or king richard then you're in a situation where oh shit they're if their number three vote is nightmare alley or dune then then you're talking about a third movie jumping into the race like that's how unpredictable this year is which i love now back to coda i would not have an issue with coda winning best picture i think it would be hilarious that an Apple TV plus movie won best picture the year that Netflix has like its best shot to win best picture. I just think that's hilarious. At that Um, point, it's like, there truly is a Netflix bias with the Academy. Like there's no doubt about it anymore that we're talking about, uh, we're talking about Apple. Like it's this scrappy underdog, like, yay, Apple can pull through. And meanwhile, it's also a streaming movie that was just put out on a service. But the movie itself is a bit of an underdog. Like, you know, this movie came out of Sundance. It was a very small production, small cast. You know, they, they didn't, Apple didn't make this movie. They bought this movie out of Sundance. Um, so in that sense, it's like, yeah, you know, it is like the big heavyweight kind of tech studio trying to break into Hollywood uh, going for best picture, but it's also like this tiny movie about an underrepresented group that the Academy loves to spotlight movies like this and the movie itself, you know, I talked about it on that episode I, I referenced and I, I like the movie. It's a nice movie. And I think that, you know, the reason why I had that take is because it does leave you with like a feel good, warm feeling after you watch it. It's an easy movie to recommend. And it just like, you know, the ending is so nice that like, it's just like, it's, it just makes you feel nice. You know, you forget about like how kind of 
by the numbers the first half of the movie is because the the last like 30 minutes or so are so kind of gut-wrenching and and beautiful and and tear-jerking um so i could see like why this movie is kind of like having this swell right now at this time and and especially because like you know a lot of times the way this thing works is like it's by word of mouth you know they're like oh my god have you heard about coda have you heard about coda you know it's not like this this massive pull there's no movie stars or anything like that it's not ip driven obviously um so it's an easy movie to recommend so many of these other best picture nominees there's like there's always like some kind of caveat like oh it's a musical oh it's a three-hour japanese meditation on grief oh it's in black and white um oh it's about uh sand and and space worms I, um, I think that you're only describing don't look up right now actually <laughs> like i don't i don't know what you're you can talk about the other movies but yeah uh, no you're you're all right that coda is just it it's a feel-good movie i will say that i i kind of i i've been trying to do better at this ever since especially um a couple years ago whenever i like took on the task of watching every Academy Award winner in order. If you look back through history, you can kind of just see that almost every single year we create this dichotomy. And it's oftentimes just a very false dichotomy. It's you are either a shape of water person or you're a three billboards person. It's like, Mm -hmm. I I guess, I don't know. You're either uh, um, Roma or you're green. Like we always kind of do this game with each other. And I've been trying actively to not engage with that dichotomy this year, but uh, film Twitter, unfortunately kind of perpetuates that narrative. And when power of the dog is trash, like, yeah, power of the dog is boring trash and Coda is better than moonlight. Um, That (laughs) makes me want to hurt people. Um, So So whenever I see bad takes like that, it kind of does. I, I will say, Especially, I rewatched both Coda and Power of the Dog this past week. Oh, wow. And Power of the Dog is a film that I really, really admired a lot more on my second watch. I think that I actually, the first time I watched it, I'd say that I did kind of admire it more than I loved it. And this time, like, a lot of it really did connect with me more because it is kind of a movie that, you know, it's more demanding. That, yeah. For all the reasons that you say that Coda is easy to recommend to people, Power of the Dog isn't easy to recommend to people. Like, I would definitely tell my family to watch Coda. I would not tell my mom to watch Power of the Dog. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, as much as you love Cowboys, uh, yeah. this is not the one well, for we, you. Well, we know Jen is a big Bronco Henry head, so at least yeah, well, she has that going for her. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so... I, it's kind of interesting. I will say that I think that looking back, if we are just kind of taking 10 years from now, taking out the other nominees, because I think that 10 years from now, I think we might be saying that Dune was really the one mm-hmm. that should have won Best Picture. That's um, right, baby. I think that especially Woo! as we move on and Dune wins like nine technical awards it's gonna be like uh you can't see it behind me but i have a mad max fury road poster right behind me right now and i think it might be like that where we're like oh yes spotlight won that year i just think of it as the mad max year um i think if coda wins it's gonna be weird power of the dog feels like an oscar movie and it feels like it would like it would fit in on kind of the upper third of oscar winners honestly like i would really like it's a great movie coda's 
one of those movies where I think that we'd look back and be like, huh, really? The like coming of age movie where like the first third of it's like openly terrible. Like the first third of it's awful. I wouldn't the go that, that far. The fact that it might win screenplay and like it's basically a decom for like the first 45 <laughs> minutes is kind of baffling to me. It's kind of insane. And it's a movie that I still really enjoy a lot. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to be, this isn't a green book situation. And oh, we need to not go even ahead and close. like bring ourselves down now that whenever they announce Coda wins best picture, I, I will not uh, scream at the television like we did whenever we said Green Book. Right. If I vividly remember uh, the Green Book year, it was uh, recorded on video somewhere where... Yeah, friend of the pod, Adam, he's got yeah, the proof. Yeah, he recorded it, and we all just went, no! And I think <laughs> that you said, that's it, Trump's winning 2020. <laughs> We're all fucked. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so boy. that's where that's where I'm kind of at with all this. Before we get into the nominees, do you want to talk about the ceremony itself? Because I don't think have we talked at all on the podcast about what they are doing this year and how much yeah. of a disaster it will inevitably be. So basically, ABC is like trying to lay down the gauntlet and they want a three hour show tops. So the way they're going to achieve that is by adding a bunch of random presenters, including Tony Hawk and Sean White. Um, My favorite And people. multiple um, musical performances from, um, <laughs> from songs that aren't even nominated, much like the Eminem performance from two years ago. And excising the live announcement of eight awards, including three of the shorts, or I, I should say all three of the shorts, which is fine. I mean, I'm happy for those people, but we can, we don't need the shorts. The big deal is they're not showing sound, production design, makeup and hairstyling, original score, which like, what the fuck? And editing. Score is pretty important. Yeah, score and editing, pretty important to movies. I don't know. Like you ever watched a movie before? It's 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 not not a great look. Not a great look if you're trying to make a award show that is supposed to celebrate the power of movies and and showcase the love of cinema that we for some reason de decide to center so much of our lives around. And they're like, "Oh no, no, let's let's bring in Sean White and Tony Hawk and um I don't know. What were some of the other like random fucking presenters that they had? Those were like the I, two I don't, that stuck out. Yeah, because they're the two people who have nothing to do with movies. So it's like, why are they there? Like, just do something. The thing is, um, and I'm going to steal a take from a friend of the podcast, Sean Fennessy uh, of The Ringer, that his whole idea was. And DJ I don't Khaled. Know if this is that actually, was the other one. DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled is going to be a presenter at the Academy Awards. Um, it, I don't know if this was his idea or if it was just something that he said on his podcast, but like the problem with the Academy Awards is not that they are too long. The problem is that the Academy Awards don't know what they are and they're trying to be everything to everyone. Where in reality, we should treat this like the Super Bowl. Like yeah. there's no reason why this shouldn't be an eight hour long event where right. there is all, day, all the pregame show. Like we can bring in all of these people and have everybody, all these different pundits talking instead of making 
this like trying to truncate it down to three hours. Let's elongate it. Let's make it to like four-ish hours. And then we could kind of even split up the ceremony. We can do like four and a half hours. So we can have a two-hour block where we give out some of the supporting awards. We can give out some of the tech stuff. And then we have the halftime show, essentially, where we get performances from all of the nominees for best original song as a little bit of an intermission for people. And then you have the two hour block at the end where it's like, we got director, we got the actors, we've got uh, cinematography, like we've got the big boys all right here in this last block. That's what people want. That's what people are into. And guess what? If it's, you're just trying to bring in casual fans to tune in, they aren't tuning into a three hour live broadcast anyways, ABC. Like you need to at least make all of the awards, put them in one section where they're easy to watch. Another thing that ABC is fucking up is they announced that this will not be streaming anywhere. You have to have a cable subscription to watch this yeah. broadcast. They are not going to be like live. Throw it on Hulu. On. You yeah, own Hulu. Just, it's right there. It's it's so baffling to me, like how these just old white dudes just don't fucking get it. It's just it's right there for you. It's going to change eventually. They're just being stubborn. But I, I think that the ratings this year are going to be so abysmal. They're barely going to tick up. I mean, last year was an all-time low of, mm-hmm. did it go under 10? Maybe it was like right around the 10. Um, I mark. think it was sub 10. Let me double check that. Maybe nine quick. or something. Uh, but I think it's not going to improve much this year. I could see it being around the 11 or 12 mark. And the other thing is like, nobody has seen these movies. Like we're going to have an Oscar party at my house this weekend. And I guarantee you that like 90% of the people attending this party are not going to have seen like any of these movies. They're probably going to be like, Oh yeah, don't look up. I watched like the first 45 minutes of that. That was really bad. And then like, that's it. (laughs) I can only hope. (laughs) I can only hope that they were smart enough to turn it off after 45 minutes. Um, Yeah, no, you're right. And the movies that are probably most beloved by people aren't going to win the big stuff. Like Dune was a widely watched movie that a lot of people loved. West Side Story, while it didn't hit big in the theaters, you know who loves West Side Story is a lot of people. Now that it's on HBO Max and on Disney Plus, and a lot of people are getting around to watching that movie, people are loving it. Mm -hmm. I've even Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Unfortunately, I have not seen the Twitter push for Nightmare <laughs> Alley, although, dear God, do I want it so bad. Um, but I have seen like some people who I follow who I wouldn't normally associate with liking a movie like this checking out Drive My Car because that movie, they did a really smart thing where they just said, hey, this movie just got nominated for Best for best Picture. Boom, it's on HBO Max on Friday. Yep. Like, here you go. Now it's yours. You can watch it. And other movies have not done as good of a job at the streaming, like thinking specifically of Belfast, um, which mm. is still not available to stream. I still haven't seen it. Don't know what you're doing there. And honestly, Licorice Pizza. Yeah. I know that I know that our boy PTA is very um very sacred about the theatrical experience. And buddy Paul, I love you. I love you so much. You're one of my favorite yeah. baby bubbas. But people gotta uh, see your movie, man. Uh, people need to see your movie. <laughs> people got to see your movie to like it. All right. Well, I think we should jump into the, the nominations. What do you say? All right. Let's get into the it. The picks. Okay. I so, have, have you filled out your ballot already? 
I'm about to, as we go through it, I'm filling it out. All right. All right. Okay. I've got my handy dandy Vanity Fair Oscar ballot. Um, And this year, usually we, we do it in paper. uh, But this year I've got the, um, the digital version here. So I'll be printing it out once I actually submit it. Um, So let's, let's start out with the three short categories. Cause like I mentioned earlier, those will not be part of the telecast. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any of these movies. So I'm just basing my picks based off of gold derby and Vegas insider. Um, okay. So, maybe so you you're just talk- picking the favorites on this. I've, I, so I've seen all of the animated shorts and I've seen, I think two of the documentary shorts. I've, I haven't seen any of the, um, the fiction live action ones. Okay. So for documentary short, my pick is the queen of basketball. Uh, That one seems to have the best shot based on the odds. Um, Live action short. I have the long goodbye and animated short. I have Robin Robin. Okay. So we do match on all three of those Uh, queen of basketball. Actually looking at queen of basketball is the only documentary short that I have seen. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed that. That's really good. It's also, it's executive produced by Steph Curry and Shaq. So oh, a nice. little reminiscent of whenever Kobe was nominated um, a couple of years ago. RIP. Um, I have heard some really good things about Audible, which has kind of that similar quote unquote timely message. It is also about um, a deaf adult. So like, you know, kind of similar in the coda vein and everything else there. Um, Live action short. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen any of these, but one of them is uh, starring and written and directed by Riz Ahmed. And Oh, nice. You know, that's that's usually kind of a good sign is when you have a big famous person in a short, especially because, I mean, think Riz Ahmed was up for a bunch of stuff. The Academy loved Sound of Metal last year, put yeah. that up for a bunch of awards. So I could see that happening. And uh, as far as the animated short, um, I did see all of these at our local art house theater. Um, to be honest, it was one of the weakest uh, animated short years I can remember. Uh, I didn't really care for any of these. In fact, some of them I thought were outwardly really bad. Um, but Robin Visually Robin or is, just narratively? Uh, both, both, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robin Robin, I enjoyed. My favorite actually was Box Ballet. Um, I don't know if people will ever get a chance to see that because some of these shorts just kind of like disappear into nothing. Uh, but box ballet is a really beautiful, um, silent animated film about a boxer and a ballet dancer kind of like falling in love. Um, Robin Robin is on Netflix. So it has that going for it. It's like 30 minutes. It's a long boy, but, uh, it's on, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix always has that pull with some of these, uh, categories. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so those are our picks. Uh, no deviation there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that uh, Drew did pick old for all of these. Um, so I don't know if he's going to win out on the ballot with that one um, because old was not nominated for any of these, but then he went ahead and chose it. So, um, but hey, maybe this is Some a nice shorts- year. Well, I will say that, like, I was definitely older after watching some of these shorts. <laughs> right. So in that way, he might sweep. Okay. 
next uh the next three categories uh visual effects sound and production design i put dune for all three of those um let's okay. get into that the the nominees with mm-hmm. uh with visual effects the other nominees are free guy no time to die shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings and spider-man no way home could this be the chance for for john watts <laughs> no i think i oh, well here's the thing is that i think that i think free guy is going to win i think that should win because okay you know what's cooler than movies video game right yeah it is um, pretty epic got it yeah it's dune it's dune has to win this and also dune should win this because you know what's not a incoherent gray mess is dune yeah dune's fucking beautiful when you see um sandworm come out of sand i just i lose i lost it i yeah. single tear coming down my eye i mean there's how beautiful it could be they created a world what more do you want from them? yeah come on there's so much imperceptible visual effects in this movie where it just looks real like you're just fully immersed in it and you never for a second think you're looking at a visual effect it, that's just like the what you want from a movie like this like the the ornithopters those like dragonfly mm-hmm. looking ships that lift up into the air oh, your so brain cool. just thinks that that's a real machine but that's a fully computer generated effect and the way it's put together is just like it you feel like the weight of it um so yeah it has to be that sound i also put dune the uh, other nominees are belfast no time to die the power of the dog and West side story. And again, with creating that world, the sound plays into it too. It's not just about the visuals. You also need that amazing sound design design. And I think that Dune has it. I mean, all these technical categories, I think Dune just has them like pretty on lock. Yeah. I, I agree with you on the sound. It's so weird that Belfast is nominated for best sound. Um, it sounds like a movie. I don't know. There was like nothing the streets remarkable. of Belfast, man. There's like absolutely nothing. That was one of those things where it's like, huh? What? Belfast? Um, you know, I this is uh the second year that they combined the sound categories from sound mixing and sound editing it together into just best sound. Um, love how they combined those two under the promise that they would not be cut from the ceremony. And then a year <laughs> later, they cut them from the ceremony. Wowzers. Um, I oh, guess we're boy. only getting silent films from now on. Right. Um, this is great. I, I have Dune as well. Um, Dune, incredible soundscape. Just the sound like makes that movie. Just thinking back to hearing that in IMAX and just like the walls of sound that hit me. Incredible. Um, I will say, shout out to West Side Story sound. Um, we're going to talk about West Side Those Story snaps. more later on, but it just really incredible, like uh, mixing. And that's kind of just, you know, musicals are kind of that's that's their bread and butter is sound mixing. But West Side Story just does it impeccably well. Uh, production design, I also put Dune. The other nominees are uh, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. This was the one that film heads were really upset that uh, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch did not get in uh, because I think it could have won if it would have been in here. I think the only movie in here that could eat Dune's lunch would be Nightmare Alley. I know production design people have a real soft spot for this movie and just GDT's movies in general. 
Um, but I think it is going to be Dune. So this is going to be the first time that we disagree. Are you going Macbeth? I have Nightmare Alley taking this one. Oh, Nightmare Alley. Okay. No, I'm taking Nightmare Alley. I I think that the thing is that I would never have picked Nightmare Alley like before the nominations came out to win this award. But the fact that Nightmare Alley did get four noms means that there is some love for it. People right. do like Nightmare Alley. And I don't think it's going to get completely shut out. And just kind of looking at the other spots, I'm not really sure where else there's room for it to snag a win. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the production design is incredible. Production yeah. design like makes Exquisite. Nightmare Alley in so many ways. It is absolutely gorgeous. The fact that there's kind of three arcs to the movie, like three, you can feel the three different arcs and all of them have drastically different production designs yeah. from one another is just really impressive. Um, it's it's great. I like how it feels, um, you know, kind of like how really old movies, they look, they have like a certain level of like artificiality to their set design. It has that feeling, but it's, it also layers on a lot of like grimy, um, worn quality to it. It's not like clean and pristine and and you know untouched it, it it has like this like you know weathered feel to it um so i would totally be okay with this winning but i gotta stick and with, also with Dune, i mean maybe. to your point about that like it almost feels like a facade so much of the production design which kind of like feeds into the story itself of Nightmare yeah Alley. that's a great so point it's, it's so good um you're the thing is that i wish that French Dispatch was in here, but I'm not really mad with any of these nominees. Like, oh, yeah, uh, Tragedy, of Macbeth is my, Tragedy of Macbeth is my least favorite of these movies, but the production design is insane. Oh, like, it's movie so looks fucking incredible. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm never going to say, as much as I have problems with Tragedy of Macbeth, which I don't want to be the guy who criticizes Shakespeare. No, um, he's a hack. He's a hack. Yeah. Drag yeah, him. Fucking, fucking hey, drag like, him. Use some fucking English, my guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck Bill. Yeah, no, but <laughs> Billy that movie shakes. is like fucking stupidly beautiful. Yeah. No, they, um, they found a way to really lean into, you know, a story that lives on the stage and bring it to the cinematic landscape with the production design and the cinematography, which we'll get to in a second. And it just looks unlike anything else you've ever seen. It's so like stilted, like really, really rooted in like German expressionism and those like mm-hmm. dark blacks and like sharp angles and really stark shadows. It's it looks incredible. Um, also, it's a shout very out to, strong category. Shout out to Catherine Hunter who wins the. I think she's going to be a lock for Best Witch. Yeah, <laughs> because she plays three of them. Right. God, so good job rules. by you, Catherine Hunter. She rules in that movie. Okay, makeup and hairstyling is the next category. Um, I have Eyes of Tammy Faye on this one. This movie has been um, winning a lot of the the makeup and hairstyling styling, uh, uh, guild awards. Um, the other nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, and House of Gucci. Uh, I would love for Dune to win this because the Baron Harkonnen makeup and hairstyling is incredible. The way they transform Stellan Skarsgård in this movie is just like Oscar worthy. But 
just looking at the gold derby and and um uh vegas insider listings it just looks like the odds are on eyes of tammy Faye. what do you think so you aren't you don't think you think that our beloved house of gucci with it only getting one nomination it's just gonna go home completely and are you going all in on powell <laughs> i just want i only i think that the only way that this wins is if uh paolo gucci himself presents all of the awards at the academy awards can we get is it too late to get paolo gucci to host yeah, the academy awards amy schumer what are we doing yeah, we can just kick amy schumer replace him with jared leto doing full mario voice up there <laughs> um God damn and it. the Oscar a, goes to do. I'm so bummed that House of Gucci doesn't have like eight nominations. Do you know how much more fun this award season would be yeah. if we had Jared Leto on the trail just doing like his, eh, it really meant, to, it was really important to me to turn on my, uh, my in Italiano. Yeah. Um, it would have been so much better of an award season if we had that. Uh, no, I'm also going with Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, a movie that I have not seen, <laughs> but Neither. I am planning on, I'm going to try and check out that and Parallel Mothers. Those are like the last two big boys that I have to watch. Um, yeah, I also, uh, one other thing for the eyes of Tammy Faye, and we'll we'll talk about uh, her more whenever we actually get to the best actress, but Jessica Chastain is like, campaigning for her makeup and hairstyling team yeah. she announced that she won't be on the red carpet uh before the oscars because she's going to be watching her makeup and hairstyle team out there winning their award and everything else and we clap queen. we love jessica chastain queen um yeah i <laughs> so yeah i'm 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 gonna go ahead and pick makeup and hairstyling for that because from what i have seen the movie's kind of made for makeup and hairstyling um if i had to pick my favorite since i can't say that i have seen that movie yet i would probably go with uh i think i'd go with house of gucci yeah fuck it let's let's get paolo uh let's get paolo out there he's gonna rush the stage that has been a mistake I, (laughs) i i will say i think that Dune is, it's kind of a surprising nomination to me that I got nominated in this category because other than Baron Harkonnen, it's like kind of understated the makeup yeah. and hairstyling. Like there's one abomination of a character and then everybody else is just kind of, you know, just standard like <laughs> sandy, dirty makeup. Hey man, Timmy's hair looks popping the whole movie. Does that mean like, do you think next year that we're going to get the Batman's going to be nominated just because Colin Farrell, people don't know. <laughs> people leave the Batman. They're like, that was Colin Farrell as Penguin. What? Yeah. It would be cool to get a nom at least. Um, all right. Next category is editing. Uh, my pick here is again, Dune. Um, the other nominees are don't look up King Richard, the power of the dog and tick, tick, Boom. Um, I don't think Dune has this one completely on lock. Um, I've seen Don't Look Up win a couple of some of the editing specific awards. Um, and I think King Richard won a big editing yeah. award. So that's the that was the big surprise that 
uh, King Richard won the Eddies, which is the editing guild, um, which is surprising because I think, you know, like I will say the tennis sequences are really well done. By the way, King Richard is a movie that I have now seen um, and I did I did really, really enjoy a lot. Um, but for the most part, other than the edit, other than the tennis sequences, it's kind of just edited like any other biopic. So kind of surprising to see that win. Um, I think Don't Look Up should win the award for the most editing. <laughs> um, it wins the it wins the Bohemian Rhapsody Award for the most edited film. Right. I I don't think there the definitely editing were cuts. In, in Don't Look Up is as egregious as in Bohemian Rhapsody. No, Bohemian Rhapsody. I that was incomprehensible. Ernest, we have to remember, Bohemian Rhapsody won best oh. editing. That is the most insane thing in yeah, the world because that, that movie tough. is the worst edited movie like ever seen in my life. Um, I think it's going to be Dune. I also have Dune here. Uh, okay, I think okay. that this is going to be in that part of the night. Unfortunately, this part of the night mostly won't be during the broadcast, but this will be the part of the night where Dune is just kind of sweeping up in a lot of these categories. Um, personally, I think I would take Tick, Tick, Boom here. Um it's between Tick, Tick, Boom yeah, and Dune. Great editing. Tick, Tick, Boom, though, I think that the editing is kind of like one of the things that makes that movie yeah. is that the flipping back and forth, being able to kind of balance the the on-theater portion of the movie with the actual movie movie itself um, is just really, really uh, impeccably well done. Yeah. And, Honestly, um, if if there's a category that might go to Tick, Tick, Boom, it might be this one. If, if it's going to get a single Oscar, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this category, because I feel like, you know, if 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 the people that vote for the editing Oscar, you know, feel strongly enough about what they did with that movie, it would make sense uh, for mm -hmm. this to be a little bit of an upset because it's very well. I edited. will say um, and I don't know. They haven't really announced how they're going like. Are we going to find out on Twitter who's going to win these awards before I they guarantee just drop you. them on the pot? So this is a thing, and I don't know if – one, we are in Florida where unfortunately is not a legal betting site. I wonder if there's going to be – in uh, states where it's legal to bet, if there's going to be live betting odds for the Oscars because if it comes out early that the power of the dog wins best editing, I think that it – might push it to like borderline locked win best picture because it oh, is wow. very very indicative seven of the last 10 years i believe the film that wins best editing also wins best picture now power of the dog isn't expected to win this award this year i'd say it's probably in third place right now third or fourth place but if power of the dog does win this award then i would feel pretty confident about power of the dog winning best picture wow them um okay. look out for if you're in a legal betting state if that's yeah. run to your local bookie with a ticket and just be like put me down put the mortgage on power of the dog costume design is the next category my pick here is for corella corella um the other nominees are siriano dune nightmare alley and west side story um I feel like this is another one where I would love Dune to win, obviously. Uh, I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park with the costume design. It's another part of building that world and, you know, having to pull from what Frank Herbert wrote 
in um, describing the way these people dress in in this world and also pulling from the David Lynch movie and from other iterations of this story and all of the concept art and illustrations that have been done over the years. They just really found a good balance to kind of blend all of that together and at the same time bring something new and fresh and exciting to this uh, villain new version of the story. But unfortunately, Oscars got at Oscars and Cruella is a story about costumes and for some reason, That's it. the the people that vote on these awards, they like to award stories that showcase the work that they do. So I'm going with Corella. Yeah, that that yeah, you yeah, hit the nail on the head right there at the end. Because that's the thing is with these categories, the thing to keep in mind is like the entire academy is not voting on like best costume design. It is only the costume design portion that guild of the academy that's voting on this um and in the same way writers love an aaron sorkin or an adam mckay type because they're writery writers costume designers love movies where it's all about them um yeah i think it's gonna go corella i actually agree with you though i think that dune if there is an upset to be had here i think that is dune again if we just like start to get kind of of the twitter buzz of like oh my god dune won this and this and this because the costumes are like really underrated in dune like they it really goes into building this world and kind of they have very different costumes from each other of course the still suit talk about the pp and the poo poo mm-hmm. um, gotta have it yeah uh kind of like these like long robes that like you see like baron harkonnen and uh the what are they called uh the the Harkonnen people. Um, um, I don't know. The Harkonnens. House Harkonnen. Yeah. Um, House Harkonnen. There we go. That's, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very good costume design. Um, I don't know. Personally, I think I would want to give it to West Side Story, but that's just me. I think it's like Ooh, when you. Those are awesome fucking costumes. So good. God, the colors. Like, the, I just, let me tell you, West Side Story, I. If there's a movie that, like, going back probably should have been on my top 10 of the year, like, I've just been putting on West Side Story casually and just been like, oh, man, this dance sequence. Oh, man, the America sequence. Like, it's oh, just the most beautiful cinema. shit that you've ever seen. Like, God damn it, Steven, you did it again. Um, but especially because it is – you. there's so much legacy behind the classic West Side Story and those costumes that we associate with the characters and mm-hmm. the fact that they kind of injected new life right. with the costumes. And not is, going is overboard awesome. with it while still keeping it. Because, like, yeah. one of the things I appreciate about the, the costumes is that, like, especially during that opening sequence where all the jets are in blues and then later when you meet all the um, the sharks, they're all in reds. Um, it's not, it doesn't jump out at you. It takes you like a second to like get it. Like, oh, they're all wearing blue. Oh, they're all wearing reds and oranges. It's like you kind of, it, it blends into the overall visual design of the movie. And I think it's very, very smart to do that. Um, and then in yeah. the, the scene in the, the, what's it called? The gym, the mambo, oh. uh, like the way oh, the costumes so work in that scene is just like, fucking Mm. perfect it's so good um okay so only one uh deviation so far i wonder if 
we'll uh, get into some more now that we're getting into some of these bigger categories. The next one is cinematography, which again, I have Dune. Uh, Greg Frazier, fucking legend, fucking king, just giving us one of the best looking movies of the last like 10 years easily. Like, holy shit, this thing looks fucking incredible. It needs to win the Oscar. Um, I think the only one Oh, well, I'll read the rest of the nominees for uh, cinematography, which is probably like maybe the most stacked category. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a perfect, night. perfect. Yeah. Like all of these movies look all incredible. are beautiful and also like very visually unique, stylistically right. unique from one another. Yeah. Like you can so point you're like to kind a of frame. different flavors all over. Yeah. You could point to a frame at. from every one of these and, and immediately be able to differentiate which movie it's from. Um, you got Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. I think Power of the Dog might be the one that could take it from Dune. It's tough to say because, again, it is a very stacked category. I could really be happy with any of these winning it. Um, but it was shot by Ari Wegner, um, mm-hmm. who... Hasn't really Who done also too much. shot Zola last year. So and two that, yeah. very visually different movies from right. each other. Um, I could see Power of the Dog pulling this off, especially if this is kind of a Power of the Dog type of night. Um, Power of the Dog, fucking beautiful movie. Like, I'm not right. The that's thing the is, thing. like, I wouldn't be upset with a single one of these movies winning. This is right. one of the tougher ones for me to pick. Um, also, we just mentioned it before, but Janice Kaminsky, Steven Spielberg's longtime cinematographer for West Side Story, making a movie that kind of looks different from anything that Spielberg's done in the last, I don't know, like at least 20 years or so. This looks so stylistically unique compared to kind of this boring kind of gray aesthetic that I'm thinking of movies like The Post and stuff like yeah. that. They're just <laughs> kind of like nothing they just kind of like wash over you like uh whatever that was definitely a movie um and then uh bruno del Bonel for tragedy of macbeth again stunning um i also do have on my on my ballot i filled out i also did put greg frazier down on here it just kind of feels like a greg frazier moment it feels like it's just kind of one of those things where i think all these below the line categories like dune's kind of undeniable whenever you're just looking at all of these all of these aspects of like the the what goes into making a movie like it's kind of it's insane that dune's just going to dominate a lot of these but and not at all and isn't at all in the best picture conversation but it's here we are all right the next category is original song uh the nominees are be Alive from King Richard. This is Beyonce, by the way. Dos Orguitas from Encanto. Uh, Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. That's Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, which apparently is a real movie. <laughs> it's definitely a exists. real movie. So where have you already so you've already checked out Four Good Days, right? For your Oscar watch through. You've already <laughs> crossed that one off. Um 
God, I wish that I want someone to love me the same way that the Academy Awards love Diane Warren. Um, just Close. Diane Warren is just out here. No, because Diane Warren gets Diane Warren is one things. Uh, let me just pull, I just want to pull up here real quick. How many Oscar nominations? She oh has. my God! She one. has two, four, <laughs> six, eight, <laughs> thirteen nominations. Going back to um, nineteen eighty-eight, and still no wins. Oh my never. God! I didn't realize that Diane Warren's never won. That's insane. Yeah, Glenn Close, step aside, okay? <laughs> has thirteen nominations and no wins. Yeah. So well, Glenn Close is in this are... movie, so it's like it's the it's the nexus of. <laughs> Un, oh, unvictorious oh, nominees for <laughs> unfortunate women um that's hilarious. yeah i so i'm curious what you have here i've waffled back and forth between two and i've i think that well obviously the i think the big ticket i think here? the big ticket item is encanto because like the music is like all over tiktok it's charting it's like breaking records like it's the the engine powering this movie being popular. But the song that's nominated is not one of like those the, songs. The most mid song, one of the most mid song. It's well, that. it's the nice, it's like tender, it's, it's like the soft, like little tender, like slower ballad. You know, that's that's yeah. the one that they thought was gonna be like the Oscar song, you know, like this is our they thought it was gonna be the remember me. Yeah, or, or their not, um, I, a whole new world or something like that, you know? So I hmm. think that, I think that, you know, again, you have to think about like the, 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 the branch of the Academy that work, that votes on these awards, right? Part of me thinks that they want to award Encanto as a whole, like the, all of the music from Encanto and give it to Encanto, even though it's not the specific song that's actually like powering that the popularity of the music from that movie. But I think I'm not, I think I'm going to go with no time to die. Mm. I just think that Billie Eilish is just like this powerhouse. They want to give her an Oscar and tell her like, all right, you've arrived. You are now not just a, a full on Grammy award winning. You have, you have, bled over into Hollywood and the movie world with a Bond song. That's actually a good song. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I it, I don't think it's like one of the best Bond songs, but it's like, you know, it's a high profile I mean, gig to, to do a Bond song. Yeah. It's not as good as Skyfall, but uh, didn't, uh, didn't Sam Smith win this for Spectre? I'm not sure. Was it Sam Smith? Who was it? I know that whoever did it for Spectre won, and that song is like nothing. So like the barrier of entry is usually pretty low for Bond songs yes, to win Academy it did. Awards. You're right. It did win. Yeah. It was called um, um, Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. Don't so, ask me yeah. to hum <laughs> a single line of that song because uh, that is nothing. Here's the thing, um, and maybe it's because we need more deviation in the podcast. I'm trying to make this more interesting. I'm going to go with do, Dos Origatas. The reason being, Origuitas, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Two Caterpillars. Um, Encanto is a movie that I have seen. I did watch uh, last night. Um, and, you know, 
Dos Araguitas, I kind of feel about this as I did about Encanto as a whole, which is I like it. I don't love it. Um, but this is kind of very classic Disney where they always put the ballad up for it to be nominated for best original song. And this is like, I don't know what, like the fourth, fifth best song in the movie. Like it's, I don't know if I had like, if I had the soundtrack pulled up, this is probably a simple track most of the time. Yeah. But the important thing here to remember is that if Encanto wins uh, best animated film, which it might, um, that's that's big. That's important. But the Academy really, really wants to recognize one man specifically, and that's Lin Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. They if Encanto give her wins, a little gold man. If Encanto wins uh, best picture, I don't think that he'll get. Uh, that will qualify him to actually get an Academy Award. If he wins for Best Original Song, he'll have the EGOT. He is one Oscar away from having the EGOT at uh, however old Lynn is. Um, Probably 40-something. Let's see. He is. He was born is, in 1980. 40, so 42. 40, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 42. Um yeah, and I think that the Academy wants to give it to Lynn. It's kind of like an it's time for Lynn Manuel Miranda that yeah. he deserves to be recognized in every facet. So I'm gonna go with uh two caterpillars. Just just real quick, this is what the um the gold derby standings are. Uh no time to die is ten to three, and Dos Uruguitas is thirty-seven to ten. Um, and then on Vegas Insider. Uh, no time to die is minus three fifty, and Dos Uruguitas is plus two forty. So very, very even odds yeah. there. I'm taking, I'm taking an underdog. I'm taking a little bit of an underdog there, but I just, I don't know. I've just kind of been thinking about like that. There has, I think that Encanto has to win something, and I actually personally don't think it's necessarily a lock to win animated right. feature. We'll get to that um, in a second. Yeah. So that that's what I'm feeling there. I think No Time to Die should win. Um, I think that that's the best song that's nominated here. Uh, it'd be really funny if they gave Van Morrison an Oscar uh, no after way, Van dude. Morrison in the last year hasn't had a great year um, with being very anti-vax and very uh, conspiracy driven and not a cool guy. Um, and be alive. Let me tell you, that song is nothing of a song. It's very reminiscent of the Lion King song that got nominated a couple of years ago with Beyonce. Oh, where yeah. We're literally only nominating it because Beyonce like came in and spent like 15 minutes in a recording <laughs> studio, but otherwise it contributed absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you during the George Floyd protest, Beyonce? Huh? Where were you then? See, not nothing. Still no word. How come Chef Willoughby? Um, all right. All right. What's next? <laughs> next is original score, which again is another one of those cut categories, which makes me so fucking angry mm. because once again, I have Dune Hans Zimmer, baby, creating instruments. Um, I think the only person that could probably take Hans's glory is a man by the name of Johnny Greenwood for The Power of the Dog, which is an incredible, incredible score. Uh, I'd be very, very happy to see that one win. I think it's kind of neck and neck between those two. The other nominees are uh, Nicholas Patel for Don't Look Up, 
uh, Encanto and Parallel Mothers. Big uh, yeah, surprise that there. Was shock. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Are you going Johnny Greenwood or are you sticking with Hans Zimmer? I'm going with Hans Zimmer because Hans is doing all the things that he needs to do. He's appearing on all the podcasts. He's doing all the interviews. He's really He's campaigning. Running. My God, does that guy love to talk about how he created instruments? No yeah, man you, loves to talk more about how he created instruments than Hans Zimmer. You heard his uh, his interview on on the big picture, right? Yeah, it, that was an incredible interview. Like, holy yeah, no, shit! He's doing. He is campaigning. He's playing the game. And Hans is the last time that he won an Oscar was nineteen ninety four for The Lion King. And I think that people are kind of just like. Hey, this guy might be like, I don't know, the second best film composer ever behind maybe John Williams, right. at least probably the second most iconic. Uh, we need to give this guy more than one Academy Award. And he's um, made so many iconic scores since yeah. The Lion King, you know, like all his yeah. work with Christopher Nolan and now with Denis and like, he's just like still elevating what a movie score can be and what it can do. And this one, like, part of the reason why I love Dune so much is because of the music. Like, it's part of, yeah. again, that world building. It's just, when when I close my eyes and I think about Dune, I hear the music from the movie. It, it, it just, it's part of what's burned in my brain from this movie. It's not just the incredible visuals. It's that incredible sound with the, the vocals, that woman screaming, the choir, yeah. like, the vocals, the crazy, like overdriven cellos that he makes sound like what what do you call it? A Tibetan horn or something like that. Like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's my it's God. Um I no, I I agree. Like Dune, the soundscape propelling the film itself, like I it's hard to argue with Dune. Like, I'd be more than happy with that winning. My personal pick would be Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog. Yeah, um, it'd be great. I to listen see him to win. that score. I listen to that score like a lot. Like it's I listen really to that good. score all the time whenever I'm working. I think it might be his best work. It's between that and Phantom Thread, but it's kind of how he like makes what is traditionally kind of associated with country or Western sounds and makes them sound like so eerie and ominous and unsettling and how that propels the tone of this movie which is so much of power of the dog has such little dialogue and is extremely score driven that talk about closing your eyes and picturing a scene i can just hear that like that's i can just hear that from power of the dog like ringing through my head and so i would love for power of the dog to win but i think that this is kind of dunes to lose and you yeah. know, good for Hans. I'm not I'm not upset about that. Greenwood, he's gonna win an Oscar eventually. Like it's that's yeah. a lock. He's on that trajectory. This is only his second nomination after Phantom Thread. I still prefer Phantom Thread to this. I think that might be his his best work, but I mean he also did the master and he yeah, did, master um, insanely good score. There, there will, will be blood. blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do kind of honestly, I as much as I love Power of the Dog score, I do of want him to win on a pta yeah movie since the two have right. been kind of inextricably linked together of course johnny greenwood also did the score for um spencer uh for licorice pizza 
which has very little score, but it does have score and Johnny Greenwood did it. And Spencer, which has an awesome mm-hmm. score. Like Spencer, I wouldn't have been mad if Spencer took um, the don't look up spot. As much as I love Nicholas Bertel, he's one of my favorite composers alive. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you the score from Yeah, that's... <laughs> I think I, I was like no distracted idea. by trying to figure out what movie each of the actors was in that I was not paying attention <laughs> to the score that was being played behind them. Um, okay. Next category is documentary feature. Um, I have Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. This is the Questlove documentary about the Harlem Music Festival. Um the other nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, and Riding with Fire. Uh, I think Flea might be the one that could stand a chance against Summer of Soul, but it seems like Summer of Soul has been cleaning up at all the other award shows. So, yeah. Um, have you seen any of these? No, I have not. No, uh, well, I've seen I've okay. seen Summer of Soul. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Summer of Soul is the only one that I've seen too. I really want to get a chance to watch Flea before the Academy Awards um, if I have time to, but uh, I'm also picking Summer of Soul. It's, it's a movie I saw back in January at Sundance and kind of it had the buzz then immediately of like this is kind of Summer of Souls to lose for best documentary, especially when you consider like the Academy loves Questlove. Questlove, they Last year, let's not forget that last year when they the biggest flub in Academy in recent Academy history, when they tried to end on best actor with Chadwick <laughs> and then Chadwick didn't win. And it we're just stuck with a, a still picture of <laughs> Anthony Hopkins on the screen. What do they do to throw it to? Who do they throw it to to kind of like save and end the night? They throw it to Questlove. Yeah. So this is like a yeah, because Joaquin like, Phoenix, he would just like awkwardly <laughs> wandered off stage. He's like, wandered away. It's not my problem, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, that's one of the funniest things to ever happen. And honestly, I do think as much R.I.P. Chadwick, I love you. I think that history will remember the father is like an incredible achievement by Anthony Hopkins and probably is like great late stage acting performance. Um, I think it's going to be Summer of Soul. I have heard if there is an upset Flea and also Attica, which is a movie I hadn't really heard about, but then it won the DGAs for best documentary which was kind of like this massive shock that uh i don't even know where to find attica to be perfectly honest but i don't know that is some sometimes categories like this can get kind of weird because you know documentary filmmakers like certain things more than your average filmmaker and they can kind of appreciate more of craft and uh difficulty like degree of difficulty over uh quality necessarily I believe it is on Showtime. Oh, well, that's why. Sorry. Maybe whenever I finally get around to watching Yellow Jackets, I'll also watch Attica. Okay. Um, Next category is another one that we might deviate on. It is animated feature. The nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I'll let you go first here. What do you got? Because I feel like I know what you got. <laughs> it's tough, you, are, man. Yeah, I'm going 
going, it's between my head or my heart. Right. Um, really, like, it's kind of insane. I would have just said Mitchells and Machines had this in the bag for months because this is just kind of fits that, like, Lord and Miller, like, after Spider-Verse, a lot of times people in the animated community kind of uh, go a little bit against the grain as far as, like, Disneyfication of these animated movies. Um, and I know I personally kind of feel that way. A lot of times it's seen something a little bit unique, a little bit different. Mitchells and Machines actually has some really awesome animated film choices. Plus, I just kind of think it's the best of these animated movies personally but then there's Encanto and it kind of it's insane the meteoric rise that it has that now we're probably starting off the yeah we're starting off the broadcast with uh people don't talk about Bruno and like we're gonna have this whole like big Encanto moment and now it is funny I have seen kind of some Mitchells and Machines late pushing happening here in the last like couple weeks is like a Hey, people don't forget about us. Like we're doing something different. Right. Uh, Lord and Miller, like they came to us with this idea of these these people and that, yeah, like whatever. Um, Everyone's so into their phones. Uh, I'm going to go with my head and I'm going to go with Encanto. But that being said, I, I hope that it's Mitchells and Machines, but I, I think it's going to be Encanto. All right, I think I'm going to zag here, and I think I'm going to go Mitchells versus the Machines. Yo, let's go. I, yeah. I, hope, I hope you're right. I mean, I, 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 know, I know I got to ride for my people, for my homeland, for Encanto. Um, I think it does have a really good chance of winning. Let's, let's, let's check the odds again. Um, yeah, uh, 31 to 10 odds on Gold Derby. And four to one, actually, Flea is creeping up with four to one for both Flea and Mitchell's versus the Machines on Gold Derby. And mm. then on Vegas Insider, um, let's see. Encanto minus 800, Mitchell's and Machines plus 500. So I could make a little money here if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking on here on. Yeah, and what is this on FanDuel? I'm looking on FanDuel Sportsbook right here. And Mitchell's versus Machines, you get six to one odds on that. Um, and Kanto is minus 1100, like 11 to one, like got put down $1,100, make 100. Uh, see, here's heavy favorite right there on like betting sites. But Gold Derby thinks that it's closer than that. And I kind of trust Gold Derby's opinion more than I trust like a sports book at laying the odds on here. Here's the thing first of all, um spider-verse did win the oscar that year which is the mm-hmm. same team that worked on this and uh the annie awards which are like the big animation awards mitchell's versus the machines won all eight awards that it was nominated for at the annie awards including best animated feature so those are the animation people having their own award show giving everything to this movie I'm not saying there's a hundred percent bleed over to the Academy. Obviously there's not, and there might not be enough to, to get it across the finish line and, and, you know, overpower the behemoth that is Encanto. Um, But I, I, again, for the, for the sake of like, 
having a couple of, of different categories here where we differentiate. I think I got to go Mitchell's versus the machines on here. I like Encanto more. I think I like Encanto as a movie more. Um, and it speaks to me personally and my experience more, obviously. Um, but I, I think this is one of those categories that it could go against the, uh, the odds a little bit. Um, especially because there is that history of, of Spider-Verse already being honored uh, and, and Sony kind of fighting to take the, the crown away from Disney in this category, because it's mm-hmm. just been, when you look at this category, as long as it's existed, it's like 80 to 90% of the time has gone to a Disney movie. Um, so it is, it is sometimes fun to kind of root for the non-Disney movie in this category. So I'm going to go Mitchell's versus the machines. Yeah, I uh, look, I I just think I think that part of my logic behind this, too, is that I'm picking Encanto for uh, animated film and for original song. And I'm just kind of betting on going one for two between the two. Like, I'm going to get one of those. Right. Right. Because Encanto is not getting shut out. I'm going to tell you right now, like. In this whole, when they are trying to do this whole theme of like the importance of movies and like movies are for the common man. And the fact that they're going to do this whole like, we're going to start the shot with Encanto. If Encanto gets shut out, one that will be hilarious because it's like the Academy just once again, just totally missed the ball. But I don't think that they're going to let that happen. I think that's going to win at least one of those two Um it's kind of wild to me that Flea is nominated in animated, documentary, and foreign film, and it might just not win any of the three. Yeah. What? It's strange enough that there's a film that's nominated in all three of those categories. I don't think there's ever been a movie that has stretched documentary, animated feature, and foreign language. Well, that's the and, thing is that could that could also sneak in here. Yeah. We don't it know, could. you know, it, it could. could, it could get in there. It could win. You know, they could be a, a little bit of a surprise upset. I am upset. I'm still mad that Raya or Luca are there instead of Ron's gone wrong. Ron's gone wrong, which is a better film than Raya and Luca. And uh, yeah, I like Luca. I'm so mad about that. Luca was fun. Luca was fun. Um, Raya just did nothing for me. I didn't see it. I, that was that was the first movie I saw in 2021 back in theaters. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. This wasn't the one to bring it back, huh? All right. Uh, the next category is international feature. Uh, the nominees are Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. I think... The three main real contenders here are Drive My Car, Flea, and The Worst Person in the World. Um, I feel like any three of those could take it. I would love to see Worst Person win here. I think it has a good chance at winning. But I think it's going to go to Drive My Car. I'm going to go with Drive My Car because it does have that best picture and best director nom. Um, See, so I think this is... Lock of the night. I think that's going to Lunana a yak in the a yak in the classroom. Um, oh, gotcha. You can just go ahead, just write that in Sharpie. Um, no, I think that it is a lock that's drive my car, and I'm not upset that's drive my car. I, the thing, it's it's an animated film. It's nominated for best picture, guys. Like, I, if <laughs> one movie that's nominated for best picture is probably going to win animated feature, I think this is going to be. Ryosuke's Hamaguchi's time to actually get on stage and give an incredible speech. I really 
really look forward to hearing his speech because uh, he's also done some great interviews, been out there. Um, it is going to hurt seeing worst person lose uh, just because, goddamn, worst person. I I mean, I said on the pot, it was my favorite movie of last year. It's one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last few years. Um, but Drive My Car is a very, very deserving winner, and I'll, I'm super happy for it. Happy for that Ryosuke moment. Um. All right, the next category is adapted screenplay. So now we're getting into the big hitters here. This is this mm-hmm. is the creme de la creme up here. These are like my two, the next two that we're going to have are like my two favorite categories yeah. usually every year. So the nominees for adapted screenplay are Power of the Dog, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, and The Lost Daughter. Um, this is a fun category. I don't think that there's any like 100% lock in here. I think that maybe a lot of the weight is being thrown towards power of the dog and Coda, obviously because they, they're both like, you know, the two best picture front runners. Um, so kind of by default, they have the, the front runner status here. Um, but I don't think historically, I mean, you're more of the Oscar scholar than me, but I don't think historically the screenplay always lines up with best picture. So I kind of want to zag a little bit here. And I've seen some people go with lost daughter. I've seen some people go with Dune, which I think is like a master class in adaptation. Oh, that would be the best surprise of the night. If that happens. (laughs) And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like drive my car. I don't, I don't think drive my car is going to win this, but I feel like drive my car might be the best adapted screenplay because that. Well, it's a 22 page short story that he turned into a three hour epic. About right. Grief. Like I, yeah. What more can you ask of the guy? Well, a- adaptation aside, just the, the level of difficulty mm-hmm. to get you to be engrossed in the story is is such a high bar to clear for this movie um i think it it is a phenomenal screenplay to be so slow and deliberate with its pacing and 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 withholding until like really far into the movie it, it it makes you wait for those moments of revelation and catharsis and and payoff and it's very very difficult to do that and to keep you intrigued and engrossed the whole time um i would love to do like a deeper podcast on drive my car because i think that we should we we really should because there's so much to get into incredible it's so good i i would love love to see this movie win for adapted screenplay because honestly it's like shocking that it's even in here at all i could see what if what if we had a moment remember let's go back to like 2017 remember when we were all sitting around the academy awards and then suddenly like major surprise as Jordan Peele went for best original screenplay for Get Out. Yeah, and then we huge. all got around and we're like, oh my God, is Get Out going to win best picture right now? <laughs> like we all just like lost our minds for like 30 minute stretch there thinking Get Out actually had a chance. But like the the screenplay awards, like so many times, this is like the cool awards. This is where you award like kind of 
the like the real yeah. movies that should win best picture kind which of which is why people have been plays. have been uh putting lost daughter here like i've seen a mm. couple of, of predictions put lost daughter uh i also think that's a great screenplay it's, it's kind an of incredible screenplay so so yeah. good flipping um, between timelines yeah apparently a really well done adaptation too like changed a lot from the source material um i agree with you. drive my car is my favorite of these uh just favorite script as a whole but yeah i, I don't think know it's that tough it's, i think that it's gonna go to coda really which, okay funny enough is my least favorite script of all five of yeah, these it's not a great um, yeah it's not a great the script, dialogue is like sh- so like low level it's not it's just like it's it's kind of a bummer but i do think that this is going to go to coda just because this is kind of like sean heater isn't she isn't nominated for best director so in a lot of ways this is her mm. best director this is her chance to for us to award coda and i don't want to give away where i'm going here but i think that there's a chance that this might be the biggest coda moment of the night okay so you're going to pick coda here i'm picking coda for adapted screenplay i think i'm going to go power of the dog wow yeah for an inverse of what i'm saying for this will be the biggest moment of power of the dog for the night <laughs> that's where we're going perhaps here. Perhaps. Yeah. I, I think, I think the, the power of the dog screenplay is really, really phenomenal. And I think that it does a really good job kind of like similar to what drive my car does to be very withholding and like trust the audience to like stay with the story until a certain point in that third act where it like finally starts to reveal itself. And if you've been paying close attention, all the clues are there for you to kind of grab on to that, you know, kind of final swing that the story has. And I would, I would think it'd be a worthy win. Um, it is Jane Campion doing. Um, yeah. yeah the, Jane Campion adapted it. Writing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But drive my car. I mean, I'm going to yeah, no, drive I'm, my car. Is my sneaky. I would lose my mind. If drive my car won, I would be like jumping up and down. I'd be so excited. Um, I would also, I'd be sad if ecstatic if Power of the Dog won for all the reasons that you pointed out. Like, I think the screenplay is fantastic. And we mentioned it up at the top, but as far as like just considering like degree of difficulty of uh, adapting a screenplay, Dune is just like, it's, it's mm-hmm. un. It's un, like we don't talk enough about how good the fucking script is of Dune. The fact that that is like, somewhat yeah, a watchable logical, <laughs> a watchable piece of a watchable product is yeah. just a miracle and that like that is all goes to the screenplay and it's just yeah. an incredible job by Denis um and um who is it Eli Roth and yep. everybody else who worked on it um I think Eric Eric writer, Roth Eric Roth excuse me Eli Roth yeah not guy. Eli Roth not the bear <laughs> yeah. Jew not that guy um but also funny enough Coda is kind of the easiest adaptation, which that's kind of making it ironic that I'm talking about how much I love this award and historically who wins this, and then I'm picking Coda to win it. But Coda is also, it's adapted from a French film, I believe, or Italian film. So movie adapting a movie or modernizing and making it in America is, I would imagine as a non-writer, 
a little bit more difficult than adapting like a 2000 page epic or a 22 page short yeah. story, but I don't know. That's but just this, me. You're right. This is, this is going to be that point in the night where like whoever wins this category, like we're going to perk up and be like, Oh, is this, yeah. Is this, is this indicative of something to come? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, unless I it's know, lost daughter. If it's lost daughter, then if it's lost daughter, dude, that would be such a great surprise yeah. though, if it's lost daughter. Cause like I, this also would be a great Maggie Gyllenhaal moment. It's like a Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right. You've arrived. Like yeah. you have taken the step yeah. beyond acting that right. you've now, cause of course she's acting in a ton of movies. She got, did she ever get Emmy love for the deuce? Was she ever nominated or won any Emmys for that? No, I don't think so. I don't know if she was nominated, Um, but you know, she's just been around for so long, like kind of done the Hollywood grind. Right. You've earned it. The lost daughter did win a couple spirit awards. Mm -hmm. Um, So it does have a couple of wins under its belt. Um, But uh, outside of that, I don't think that her as a director or a writer has gotten like huge, huge attention this season. Um, oh, she did win the DGA for first time feature. So yeah, first time feature. That was the other one. Mm-hmm. So that might be a little bit of uh, yeah. She won the the best screenplay award at the Independent Spirit Awards. So I just already know that come Oscar night, we're gonna be at your house. We're gonna be we're gonna be drinking some mixed drinks. We're gonna be getting all in the the festivities. I'm gonna have my suit on. The tie is definitely gonna be pulled down at this point. And there's going to be a part where we're huddling around each other. And we're going to be like, is Dune going to win best adapted right. screenplay? And then we're all <laughs> going to be mad when it goes to Coda. Best picture. Just, Here we go. Dune heads. I'm, rise already, up. I'm mentally preparing myself for it now. All right. The next category is original screenplay. The nominees are licorice pizza. Don't look up Belfast, the worst person in the world and King Richard. Is this going to be Paul Thomas Anderson's little gold man moment? That's the question. That it's is funny. the question. I think so. I think this is a two man race that weirdly had to become a fucking three man race with Don't Look Up. And let me tell you now if Don't Look Up wins best original screenplay, <laughs> I'm going to like, I'm going to flip some shit. Like, I'm <laughs> going to lose my fucking mind yeah, it if won, that movie didn't it just win play. the um the, yeah. the wga it just won the writers guild award which yeah. i just I, oh my god if don't look up when screen play or best picture like i i'm gonna drive my car into a ditch i'm just <laughs> i'm going to go unhinged on oscar night i might just banish watching the academy awards for like <laughs> at least i'm gonna take like a 10-year hiatus if don't look up wins a bunch of shit um hey belfast is still at the top at gold derby so I do still, well, because that actually, that flipped, because here's the things that PTA was kind of in the driver's seat for so long. It was the it's time award for Paul Thomas Anderson. We won't give him director, we won't give him best picture, <laughs> but we'll give him a writing award. This is like a little gold man that almost like to hold you over. And the thing about Paul Thomas Anderson is that Paul Thomas Anderson does not campaign. He actively right. does not campaign. He doesn't give if you a have shit. a problem with his movie or if you have a question about his movie, he just goes like, huh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> We're like, if you watch a PTA movie, you know that everything that he thinks about is the most articulate, stepped out thing, but he doesn't like to play the game. And that's why we love Paul Thomas Anderson. But that is why I'm worried that he might not win it because on the flip side, you have Kenneth Branagh 
who is doing all of the campaigning. He is out here kissing all the babies about yeah. how this is my story. This is my life that I'm telling. This is my Roma. It's black and white about the tough streets of yeah. Island. And also and keep Belfast. in mind, um, Belfast was the front runner for best picture at the very beginning of the award season and now has really dropped off. So this might be there like, okay, Okay, Belfast. All right. Yeah. And all right. It will Ken. be funny if this gets, yeah, if this gets shut out after just being <laughs> the front runner for like from the period of like July to September. Right. I don't know, man. I, I kind of, I kind of, I'm going like with part- my heart. I'm, I'm taking licorice pizza. I'm, okay. I just, I'm cheering for it to win. I want it to win. So I want to have it on my ballot as this is PTA's time. And I know I'm just like setting myself up for failure. I'm setting myself up to have, the don't look up football taken out from under me and just fall flat on my this ass. Is, this is one of the most open races in terms of the Vegas odds. You got uh licorice pizza, pizza plus 100 Belfast plus 130. Don't look up plus 500 King Richard plus 2000 and worst person plus 2000. I so will no say, lock. I mean, yeah, there's no real lock here. God, it is. I just, Paul, just do like one good interview. Just do like it's too one late. thing. Vegas. Just do is, like, I know. Or uh, voting like, is closed. Just do like one thing where you explain one aspect of your movie because everyone needs their hand held and they only want good guys pic- depicted in their movies. So, um, so I'm, here's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a couple different things at once. I, I do think that. If you're if you're ranking these in terms of likelihood of winning, I do think you got to put licorice pizza up top. Um, I feel like that's just like a safe number one. I don't know if you put Belfast at number two. I oh, think no. you put I think you put Don't Look Up at number two because are you not only take Don't Look Up. Are you gonna Are you gonna root for chaos? Are you gonna not... root for me to like punch a hole in your garage? <laughs> Not only, not only do you have the WGA win, but you also have the fucking liberal uh, California thinking of like, this is Adam McKay's angry uh, finger wagging uh, stance against the state of the world and against the powers that be that have led humanity into climate catastrophe. And we need to applaud it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They want to applaud it. They want to celebrate the achievement that he has put on the page that how he has purged himself of all of his climate anxiety. And I wouldn't put it past them. To, you, to you know what else this. is called pur- like you know you also purge your body whenever you like take a shit or you throw up that's also <laughs> purging and that's kind of what i would compare don't look up if i were to com- like if i were to actually describe don't look up like what that was is like some kind of a bodily function i would compare it to those <laughs> two to purging what about worst um, person could we have like a huge outside swing in 
I will say I so I much licorice pizza. Fucking love that movie. Love Paul Thomas Anderson, my favorite working filmmaker. Worst person is my favorite script of the year. Worst person is my favorite movie of last year. So like I want worst person to win. I don't think that that is a shot. I think that this is a two, maybe three horse race. And I think that worst person and King Richard, especially worst person, it's kind of like a happy that we're here kind of thing. Um, But I don't think that has a chance to win. What if King Richard won this? Are we just like, are we all going to be like circling around? Like, is King Richard going to win this? Who wrote this? Does anybody know who wrote this screenplay? I will say, King Richard is a good movie. I really, I thought, I really thought King Richard was kind of just going to fall into the biopic, sports bio drama kind of shit that we see all the time. And it's, it's a good movie. I like it. Zach, Zach Balin is the writer. Has Zach Balin written anything else? Nope. Nope. This is, uh, <laughs> okay, cool. this is literally his first. All the more impressive then. Screenplay. And, uh, oh, he's credited with writing uh, the upcoming. Again, three, three. we're just happy to be here. Okay. Um, well, there you go. Um, I need to make a pick here. I need to make a pick here and I need to lock something in. My heart. Don't look up. Do it. My heart is telling me licorice pizza, but I might choose chaos. And I think I'm going to go with don't look up. Dear Lord, God help us all. Lord, forgive you for picking (laughs) don't look up. God, Jesus Christ. If don't look up, I don't. I know like after saying and just already hyping myself up i'm preparing for don't look up to win this and probably just best picture while we're at it don't look up is just gonna sweep everything and i'm gonna adam mckay won an oscar already for big short right yeah so this would be a situation of them just like giving him another one and not paul thomas anderson who you know continues to not have an oscar they they would just be happier not letting pta continue to not win yeah I don't, I don't know why, what they have against like the greatest living filmmaker. Like what, what are we doing here, guys? And this is, you just know that Paul Thomas Anderson is going to be like, like 72 and making his swan song film and they'll finally award it to mm-hmm. him. They'll be like an it's time thing. And we'll look back in yeah. history and be like, why doesn't this guy have seven best right. director wins? What are we doing now? If Kenneth Branagh wins, Will he accept the award in character as uh, his character from Death on the Nile, uh, the inspector guy? Um, I think that I think that if Kenneth Branagh wins, then to pay an ode to him as a filmmaker, they should shoot his entire his uh, entire acceptance speech as in a Dutch angle. Um, <laughs> so we're just stuck, just like tilting our heads the entire time right. we're watching Kenneth Branagh accept his. And then he's like, uh, "Death on the thing. Nile, streaming right now on Hulu. Check it Are out." Gonna, has anyone seen that? Does like a single person watch that movie? No. no. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, did you tap out after Artemis Fowl or what? On the <laughs> Kenneth Branagh train. Yeah, I you was hoping that I was. I was really bummed that that didn't get any Oscar love. So then I. Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, okay, we're rounding the, the end here with these last couple big boy categories. Uh, let's do the, the, the four acting categories. Uh, first up, supporting actress. Uh, the nominees are Ariana, 
DeBose for uh, West Side Story. Uh, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Kristen Dunst for The Power of the Dog. Judy Dench for Belfast. And Anjani Ellis for King Richard. This is a lock. This is Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I'd be shocked if anybody else won this. I think maybe the only person that could sneak in there would be maybe Judy Dench. Does she have an Oscar already? <laughs> yeah, she has a Judy Dench just because, like, why not? Like, let's just give Judy Dench uh, award. I think she um, does have an Oscar from like Judy way, Dench way should back. not win uh, this award. To be perfectly honest, Kirsten, Love Kirsten Dunst Dench. maybe could sneak in there. Um, I think that if anybody, it would probably be Kirsten Dunst. Um, but I don't think that there is anybody i think that it's i think that's ariana DeBose. this is the most lock lock of the night like i'm yeah. willing to just like put the house down on this like i uh let me just see here the odds. they don't even have the odds on um on fanduel it, it's check. minus one thousand on vegas insider <laughs> minus one thousand oh yeah no i'm on here i just went to uh I just went to BetUS, which is an offshore site, and they have it at minus 2,000. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a lock. Like, this is the one Ariana DeBose has swept every single award leading up to this. Um, and super deserving. Like, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, kind of the really anchor of the whole movie. Just really, like, brings it her all. You just can't help but get swept up in it. It's I an incredible say, performance. Uh, Ariana DeBose is who I'd say like should win this category, but if there is somebody outside of this, um, I love Kristen Dunst. It's not my favorite Kirsten Dunst performance, to be honest, but I'm just happy for her that she's nominated here and that she's kind of in the conversation a little bit. Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter is incredible. Yeah. She's so, so good in that movie. Uh, her and Olivia Coleman, who we'll talk about in a second, are both just phenomenal in that movie. And I think that this isn't Jesse Buckley's year, but this is her first nomination of what I think will be many, many in her right. filmography career. Yeah, um, it was nice. It was nice to see her in the when they announced the nominations. That was yeah, a big great surprise. surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, also Anjane Ellis, like a true supporting performance, like just really coming in there. Her scenes with Will are like some of the best scenes in that movie. Um, you know, there when has you talk been a yeah, I will say there has been an Anjanu Ellis push, specifically by Will Smith. Will Smith is out here, like, all the interviews, now that he's looking pretty comfortable in the best acting race, yeah. he was out here just talking about how, like, I actually was elevated in all my scenes with Anjanu Ellis, mm -hmm. like, just so you know. Yeah, it's true. That's what you gotta do. It's a good, good co-worker right there. Um, all right, supporting actor, we got... Uh, Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kutzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McBee for The Power of the Dog. Um, this one I feel like is also a lock. It looks like Troy Kutzer from Coda has been winning um, pretty much everything. Uh, but don't be surprised if one of our Power of the Dog boys gets in there, either Cody Smith-McPhee or Jesse Plemons could uh take down troy but i feel like it's a pretty safe bet i'm gonna go with troy cutzer what do you think the odds are of our father our lord and savior jonathan kimball simmons of taking home this uh taking home this award who is that 
J.K. Simmons himself. Oh, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan <laughs> Kimball Simmons. Um, I don't know why I'm looking at this offshore book, and they just wrote out Jonathan Kimball Simmons <laughs> instead of J.K. Simmons. Down. Thirty-five to one odds if you want to put it on there. Um, and all I love J.K. Simmons. He is by a mile the only good thing about being the Ricardos, which is just a uh, like pfft, nothing of a movie if I've ever seen one. Um, it's Troy Kotzer's, which is kind of, it's kind of shocking. Like that. I really thought that this was Cody Smith McPhee's for so long for months and months. It was really looking like this was going to be Cody Smith McPhee's moments. He was going to win the award for um, the Sid from ice age award from farthest stretched out eyes across his head and best supporting actor in the same year was going to be real achievement, Titanic moment. Um, but no, I think it's going to be Troy Kotzer. Um, he uh he kind of is the best thing about coda yeah uh he's the he's much- part of the reason i mean the girl what's her name amelia um what's her last name uh, uh i didn't know Clark? I just jones page. amelia jones amelia jones yeah um she you know she kind of is the core of the movie and i think she does a great job i wish she would have been nominated because i think her work is also great but Troy Kotzer is like the reason why this movie is really, you know, the the kind of award starling that it is. It's his performance. He is incredible. He's hilarious and mm-hmm. heartfelt, and and it's all through his sign language performance. Like it's it's unlike any other performance I've seen, um, maybe ever, because you don't see performances like this in sign language uh and like ever it's just so rare to see this and you know i think that part of the reason why coda is is in the surge that it is is because it is like so much of it performed through sign language um that's part of the reason why people are gravitating towards it because it is just like this story that isn't usually told and you know i don't think it's told in a way that maybe is the best way i think that it cuts a lot of corners and you know, ends up being a little bit of an unbelievable kind of sanitized, um, maybe not sanitized, but like, uh, I mentioned this in, in the episode where we talked about Coda, but like it, it runs into this issue where it feels like it has to manufacture a lot of its drama in situations where like, maybe it wouldn't exactly play out in that way. Um, but Troy Kutzer and his character, I don't think really fall into that specific trap too much. And Mm -hmm. he's able to kind of bring this character and this performance to life in a way that doesn't really get hurt by the problems that the rest of the movie has. So I think it's very well-deserved. Yep. No, hundred percent. Yeah, no, he's, he really is just like absolutely excellent. It's going to be, I really looking forward to his speech moment because I think it's going to be a really, really beautiful moment of the broadcast. Um, especially because this is probably going to be, let's see, did they lead off with supporting actor or actress last year? Because they always give out one of these right at the top. I can't remember if they did which one they did first last year. And they, they switched it up them. a lot last year. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was all I can't remember. The place. Um, but I mean, this might be the first award given out of the night, which is just yeah. going to be like a great, really lovely way to start the night. All right. Actress in a leading role. The nominees are... Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, 
Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. This is the most unhinged category. I, dude, I like kind of threw my, <laughs> I just, I honestly, I just, I put my vote in on this, but I kind of just threw my hands up in the air at one point. Like this whole race has like been stupid all year that we were just like Kristen Stewart all year long. We were like, this is hers to lose. She's got this in the bag. Then for a while it was like, is Kristen Stewart not even going to be nominated? Right. Now she's in here. And then and it was, it was like, okay, she's Kidman back in the lead again. And then Nicole Kidman came in. And I think people finally watched being the Ricardos and they're like, wow, that movie kind of sucked. <laughs> um, Penelope Cruz came in here with parallel mothers a movie. That's still like, I don't really know anyone who's seen that movie. Um, and then there's Olivia Coleman, the Lost Daughter, who's incredible. But my pick here is going to be Jessica Chastain for the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, it because, seems like it's going that way. And the reason for it is because I think that this is so this is such an open year, and I think that in a situation like this where it just becomes so wide open, you kind of just give it to the person who's trying the hardest. And boy, oh boy, is Jessica Chastain trying for it. She is yeah. going all in. She like right before the nominations were announced, she posted like a uh, sped up video of like the three hours that it took every morning to put the makeup on her face and like the transformation that she would go through to become Tammy Faye. Um, she wants a little gold man. Um, and I love Jessica Chastain. Still haven't seen Tammy Faye. Gonna try and check it out before the award show, but I'm happy for her. I'm happy that she'll uh, get a little gold man. I think I'm gonna go with, with her as well. I don't think it's a lock though. I think that any one of these could take it. I think that maybe the one that could have the best chance of taking it might actually be Olivia Coleman because she's already a winner mm -hmm. and we know the Academy loves to award past winners. And it is a genuinely great performance that she gives in The Lost Daughter. Oh, yeah. Very, like, kind of uh, morose and, you know, kind of worn down and, and, and by this weight. You don't know what the weight is until, like, well into the movie once it finally all sort of reveals itself. And then it takes on this new context. And it is, you know, it kind of is parallel with the Jesse Buckley performance that kind of because they're playing the same character in two different times. Um, so I, that's a great movie. I, I keep thinking about that movie. It was pretty mm -hmm. far down my list. I don't think it, I think it might've been like outside my top 20, but I don't know in terms of like the Oscar nominees, it's a lot better than a lot of these other movies that are in the conversation. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if Olivia Coleman came in and once again and pulled an upset, just like she did with Glenn Close. But, uh, but I, I'm going to stick with Jessica Chessing. I would be super happy if she did, because also, like, this is such a different role than we've ever seen Olivia Coleman do before. Like, Olivia Coleman is known for having these very, like, stately, almost stoic performances sometimes. I mean, think about her in The Favorite, where she is, like, very funny at a lot of times, but, like, she's playing the queen. Even mm -hmm. in um, a film like The Father, which she was nominated for last year, but she didn't win, she had to be kind of, like, the, the figure that had everything together or was trying to keep all of the pieces together and the lost daughter she is in a lot of ways lost with like kind of what she's doing and her perform her and buckley's performance and the way that maggie gyllenhaal writes and directs them really kind of feeds into this really like disorientation that you feel uh 
while you're watching that movie, I would not be surprised if a single person won. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Penelope Cruz won because that movie got love and best editing. So, like, there is some love for Parallel Mothers with the Academy. Being the Ricardos obviously got three nominations. Kristen Stewart, weirdly, I almost feel like has the least chance of winning yeah. which sounds insane but i mean spencer is the only other movie that has no other nominations like it's just Kristen stewart and that's it uh for spencer i don't know i i think it's gonna be jessica chastain but this is i think out of all of the categories the category that i feel the least confident in. yeah it's it's pretty wide open uh which is exciting it's exciting going yeah. into oscar night i feel like i feel like this one could be you know one of the the most unpredictable ones um all right next category is actor in a leading role nominees are javier bardem for being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch for the power of the dog andrew garfield for tick tick boom will smith for king richard and denzel washington for tragedy of macbeth all right um i think will smith is finally going to win his oscar i'm willing to lock it in um but little old benny little benny Ooh. come he's coming in he's coming benny in come. hot are we gonna start calling benny cumberjack benny cumby ben, Cumber, robert patty the baddie daddy and cumberbatched <laughs> Uh, um, he is right, right, right behind him, right, right behind him. And I don't think Will should be as comfortable as he thinks he should be at this moment because Benedict Cumberbatch gives what I think is the best performance he's given, uh, up until this moment in his career in the power of the dog. Uh, the power of the dog, I think is an incredible movie partially because of his incredible performance. Um, He's doing so much. It's such a layered performance and he's carrying all of the themes of the movie on his shoulders and he does it expertly well, like incredibly well. Um, And I think that part of the movie, part of the reason why the movie is so good is just because of him. And obviously like, you know, there's all these other components to it. Like, you know, Jane Campion's direction and Cody Smith McPhee and then Plemons and Kirsten and all that. But I feel like when you're, when you're looking at the movie through a telescope, you can zero in on Cumberbatch's performance and, and all of the layers that are uncovered as you get through this story. And it all feels so earned and it all feels like you are experiencing this very, um, I don't know, like you're getting you're getting into something deeper with this character. Um, so I mean, he yeah. is the core of the movie. Like right. at the power of the dog just straight up does not work without Ben at Cumberbatch. Um, I think that this category is actually like pretty, pretty great. Um, yeah. Say for one Javier Bardem. I God, I love how ha- it hurts because Javier Bardem is like one of my favorite people in Hollywood. Right. Like, I just love that guy. But. Aaron Sorkin, him and Adam McKay just need to like, they need to go to an island where they aren't allowed to be nominated for Oscars for like five years. 
Like not forever, but just like you have a five-year waiting period after Sorkin hit us with a uh, trial of the Chicago seven being the Ricardos in back-to-back years. Like you're not allowed back for a little bit. You have to take a break. Um, right. I think it's Will Smith. I think Will Smith has kind of run about as perfect a campaign as you possibly can. Like he kind of disappeared for a little bit there. He kind of laid, he, he had did, to lay low a while. He did because I think that, people were starting to think like we're getting a little bit too much Will Smith. Well, also King Richard came out like in October or something like that. Yeah. September. It came out a while ago at this point. Um, But he was on the trail before King Richard came out. King Richard came out. He was going out doing all the interviews and then he lined up his uh, autobiography to also come out like around that time where there was the big stories about his relationship with Jada Pickett Smith and all these kind of like things that we're learning more about Will Smith as like a person, as a person, it's in an autobiography. We're seeing his version of things. Sorry guys to break news. Um, But I think that he did kind of run a perfect campaign. I think that he disappeared at the right time because sometimes think about Glenn Close with the wife. We kind of saw a little bit too much going close for a while there. Like she was trying too hard. And I think that Will Smith kind of settled into the right spot there where he wasn't, he's never like bending over backwards saying that he wants the Academy Award. Instead, he's like being Will Smith playing it cool. Yeah. But we just know so you how, bad, how bad he wants an Academy Award. I think if he doesn't win this, then he's never going to win it, unfortunately. Yeah. So I hope the Academy does what's right and they give it to him. Yeah. But it's tough. I like, I actually think the Tick Tick Boom is the best thing that Andrew Garfield's ever done. Like Andrew Garfield, who's one he's of He's got my a long actors, career like, ahead of him. Though. No, I, I don't think that he's going to win. I think that he, I, there was like a chance there, a shadow of a chance for a second, but yeah. I, I don't think that he's got a shot there. But um, do love him. Bandit Cumberbatch, like you said, it's the best thing he's ever done. You know, you can never say that Denzel is a 0% chance right. of winning. I'd say that it's kind of close to that. In it's it's not year. an incredible performance, though. You know, like when I think yeah. about that movie, I don't think about like, oh, my God, Denzel Washington's performance. is. Yeah, you think about the aesthetic. It's yeah. all about the aesthetic of that movie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Will Smith. Though. And it's gonna be great. I, I'm so happy to see Will Smith up there on stage. I can't wait. He, for it. you know, sometimes you just gotta give it to someone like like Will. You know, sometimes yeah. you just gotta be like, all right, you're a movie star, and you've done so much for the industry. You've you've built this pillar for yourself as a piece of this giant fucking mess of an industry that we call Hollywood. Like he has, you know, his his face is on the Mount Rushmore. You know. If 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 yeah. you replace the the letters on the Hollywood sign with faces, he would be like the W, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's the W. <laughs> um, no, I will also say like this isn't a, the wife situation where you see King Richard and it's like a, ah that was like forgettable yeah. or when like, nobody like, watches King Richard. Like people yeah, have seen it. Yeah, people have seen King Richard and he's yeah. great in it. He is legitimately great in the movie. I think is like borderline great i think it's really good i really enjoyed it a lot and he's fantastic in it so like i'm i'm, I'm ready for it i'm mm. excited for willie yeah me too. For, in west in west hollywood yeah uh yeah you're Oscar excited Knight. for uh for peacock's bel-air in the dolby is where he's gonna walk <laughs> on the stage i'm not gonna do anymore all right 
last two categories here. Uh, best director nominees are Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Raisuki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg, a little bit of an underdog, this uh, Steven guy for West Side Story. The scrappy guys. Yeah. Scrappy underdog Steven Spielberg here. Um, I think the safe bet here is Jane Campion for uh, Power mm. of the Dog. If all goes well, I I feel like she's pretty much got this on lock. Um, I don't see anybody really taking her taking it away from her. Uh, I'd love to see Spielberg walk away with a third Oscar. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> How stupid is it that Spielberg only has two Oscars? Like. <laughs> Quite possibly the most, maybe not the best, depending on like personal preference, but probably the most important filmmaker in American cinema history. And he right. only has two Oscars. Hey man, Fablemans are, is coming next year. We can, we can save it till then. Feeling, are you going Jane? Uh, I think Jane Campion is a very, very sure lock here. Um, Let's see, 31 to 10 on Gold Derby and on Vegas Insider. Um, minus 5,000. Yeah. So this is even more than DeBose. This is the D lock. Wow. I, you know what's kind of funny is I yeah. think that as the CODA discourse has increased, I think that's actually also increased Gene Campion's chances of best director. Yeah. Because I think that like the industry is like, well, we're definitely going to award one of these things. Right. And uh, there's no CODA nomination best director. So like it has to go to Jane Campion. Exactly. Here. The odds are insane. I can't believe that it's that much of a favorite. That's it's insane. funny. Like they basically, I'm looking at this one. Uh, um, let's see here. Yeah. And this one like offshore book that I'm looking at for it. They basically just kind of like, didn't even bother putting <laughs> odds on anybody aside from Jane Campion. They're like, yeah, PTA, Brana and Spielberg. They're all 18 to one. Who cares? You're throwing <laughs> away your money. If you guys, <laughs> they're minus 4,000 for Jane Campion. <laughs> like just don't even yeah. waste your time it's it's yeah it's campion and it's an incredibly well-directed film it's mm -hmm. one of those movies where like every choice made was the right choice i can't single out anything about power of the dog that feels like it's an egregious flaw or a missed opportunity or a wrong step taken or anything like that it, it's all very finely tuned and you could tell that she had a very clear idea of what she wanted to do. And she worked very hard with every person at every department at every stage of the whole process to make it happen. And that's what a director does. They make all the right decisions or at least try to, uh, to their best of their, of their ability. And there's no, I, I don't know, like I haven't seen Belfast, but, um, uh, you could point to some of these other movies and be like, okay, there were a couple things that maybe I could see that they didn't go exactly how they wanted it to. It wasn't ideal how they intended it or how they envisioned it or anything like that. Um, I'd love to see a sneaky Hamaguchi win in here though. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but 
a boy can yeah, dream. It's I, <laughs> I think there's like zero chance of it happening, but I mean, I, I would also love Hamaguchi to win. Um, but yeah, no, this is going to campion. It also is that kind of lifetime achievement where Jane campion has been making films for years and years. This is her first film in over 10 years. Like this is kind of a passion project of her, this adaptation of this story. Um, especially cause I, I personally don't think that she's going to win for adapted screenplay, but she wrote and directed Power of the Dog. So this is, I think she's going to get love for at least one of those things. And I think that's going to direct her. All right, here we go. The big boy. Um, so quickly, before we uh, get to best picture, before we announce who we are picking, let's say, let's see, who do you think has like zero chance of winning? Because I think that, like if we were just going to cross these off the list, like these will not win. Take it to the bank. This isn't winning. Nightmare Alley, I'm sorry, is running in last place. Um, love to see it there. Come on. I, it, it's not last place in my heart. Let me tell you, my ballot, it's it's pretty high. Um, but Nightmare Alley has no chance. <sighs> it hurts me, but I think Licorice Pizza has no chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think did at one point, there was like a little, there was like a five day period Mm. there where I could smell some soggy bottom in the air. It was the song. Do you think were the odds higher if the (laughs) name stayed soggy bottom? Because I think, yes, I think that it, I think that it sweeps. I think it wins every award uh, at soggy bottom as the title. I think Richard, no. King Richard. So yes, I think that King Richard is probably not. I actually put the odds of drive my car less than King Richard. It just, it seems like they aren't really pushing that movie in the same way that they did something like a parasite or something like that, where they like, like remember the parasite wave is one. I mean, it's a genre movie. It's not a three hour story about grief, but like parasite, like you could feel the momentum of it just surrounding like, Oh my God, this is really going to be a yeah. thing. It was a whole, and it doesn't swell. really feel like that would drive my car. Right. Um, King Richard, probably not. Don't look up. I think me? I think the don't look up uh, sweep has has subsided. Yeah, I think so. So then I think we're stuck with five movies that actually do have somewhat of a shot. I think it's goes in this order, in my opinion. Dune at five. Unfortunately, God, I would love a Dune surprise upset, but I just don't think it's going to happen. West Side Story at four. West Side Story, which I, is higher than I would have had a couple weeks ago, because I think West Side Story has had an at-home push, like a yeah. late push. Just think it might have been a little bit too late. Yeah, that one tweet that got like three million views of the, the yeah. long take. Yeah, that did oh my more God. than any campaigning. Yeah, exactly. Stephen, get out there, do some podcasts. Um, three, I'd have Belfast, because I could still see Belfast like. If there was some kind of an outside chance of a third movie breaking in, if people are just like, if there's like half the Academy, it's like, fuck, I don't like Power of the Dog. And half the Academy, it's just like, I don't like Coda. And they rank them purposefully low in order to like self-sabotage each other and they cannibalize each other. I could see Belfast being the movie that rises up on top. Mm Mm-hmm. A movie exactly. that a lot of people have at like three or four, and they're like, I appreciate the passion project behind this, Kenneth. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I think this is a two horse race. Yeah. So, who do you have between Coda and Power of the Dog? Oh, boy. 
sticking with your original prediction? I so the 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 main takeaway I had after seeing Kodam and predicting that it had a good chance of winning Best Picture is the Netflix of it all. And I was thinking that Power of the Dog being a Netflix movie doesn't that alone makes it so it doesn't have as good of a chance at winning best picture if it wasn't a Netflix movie. Like I think for some reason there is like a weight on its ankles. The fact that it is being put out by Netflix and Netflix, they've fucking tried every year. You, you look at Irishman, (laughs) you look at Roma, you look at um, Marriage Mank. Story. Mank. Don't forget Mank. Yeah. Here, just watch credit. Oh. <laughs> Netflix just wants credit. So there's just so many instances of Netflix putting so much weight into these movies and the Academy just being like, nope, we don't want it, man. We don't want no, to give mm-hmm. best picture to Netflix. They'll give it all these other Oscars, they're they're fine with giving Netflix movies Oscars. You know, I, unfortunately, Irishman came away uh, completely empty-handed. Um, but Roma won a lot of big awards. Uh, Marriage hey. Story won one award for uh, Laura uh, Dern. Laura Dern. Um, Mank? Mank, Mank won, won an Oscar. Yeah. Mank did win. So it's not like they won't give it. Uh, uh, they won't give Netflix Oscars. Netflix has Oscars. They have obviously won Oscars in a lot of smaller categories for all their like, you know, shorts and documentaries and whatnot. But for some reason, Best Picture, there's just something there. I don't think that, I don't think it's as simple as like them coming together and being like, hey, everybody, we can't give Best Picture to Netflix. So everybody make sure that you don't, give the best picture Oscar to Netflix. Okay. It's not that clear cut where they're like conspiring that, you know, abruptly, but it comes down to that thing where it's just like, there's just something with these voters that keeps them from when they're filling out their ballot, a majority of them from ranking the big Netflix movie at the top because they want to support the non-Netflix releases, the theatrical experience, the movies that are being put out by traditional studios. And the weird thing about this year is that the two main contenders, the two horse race are both streaming releases because the other movie Coda is from Apple. And it wasn't, it didn't really get a sizable theater push. I mean, it did, a little bit, but not enough for it to be like, oh my God, the theatrical experience of Coda. And arguably, Power of the Dog is a more theater, cinematic aimed movie than Coda. Um, you're going to get more out of Power of the Dog if you are uh, lucky enough to see it on a big screen. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I want to put down power of the dog it's been winning all of these other awards but now we're in this last minute crunch time here where coda has now won the pga 
and the um, SAG, which are two huge bellwethers of the Best Picture Oscar, it got both of those. And all of a sudden, Power of the Dog doesn't seem like it can cross, cross the finish line. So I think I'm going to go Coda. And I think that based on what I said at the beginning of this podcast about how it has this warm feeling after you see it and you're, you're, it's easily recommendable. Um, I think that there's enough there, especially with this late surge that it has had for enough people to put it down as close to the top of their rankings with these provisional ballots um, for it to get the, the big award. So I'm going Coda, uh, even though it's, it's so weird, man. It's so weird when you think about the Netflix of it all and then the Apple of it all, it just kind of boggles my mind a little bit to think about like how this might shake out and something there's like this little voice in my head telling me that it might be neither Coda or power of the dog. And you might see a third movie sneak in there. If it's Belfast, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so upset because Belfast is worse than Coda or Power of the Dog. And if that ends up being the one to break through, that's just gonna be a bummer. I would love for like a West Side Story or a Dune to break through. That right. would be so exciting. That would be like generally one of the that probably be the most exciting Oscars moment since Moonlight. Like since there was that much of a like holy shit, what just happened with yep. the Academy right now? Um, here's kind of my thinking. Because you are right. I think even more than the SAG Awards, the PGAs are especially notable for CODA because the PGAs are the only other major awards body that also does a ranked ballot system. So just like the Academy Awards, they go based on ranking your stuff one through 10 instead of just saying, what's your favorite movie? So that is particularly notable that CODA won the PGAs. Um, It's also notable that CODA would be the first Sundance movie to ever win Best Picture, which is insane to think about. Like that, we associate Sundance with just being like such a major hub for cinema and for like this is like where great movies premiere here. But it has never won Best Picture, and that could be something that Coda won. I personally would be able to get to say like I saw Coda the second week of January. I saw Coda like a year and a half ago, and y'all been sleeping on this. I actually, I kind of, I need to go back and listen to my Sundance take home episode of the pod that we did back in January, where I talk about Coda to see how my opinion has been perverted by the online. Right. I remember you liking it. I remember you recommending it. And here's the thing. I still really like that movie, but here's where I'm at. You could just be right that there is just a genuine Netflix and like a genuine anti-Netflix sentiment in the Academy. And there could be people, it doesn't even need to be a majority, but if there yeah. is a non-insignificant sect of the Academy that just sees Netflix movies and they say, fuck this, and they put it at 10. They don't care <laughs> what it is. They just see a Netflix movie and they put it yeah. at 10. Or they just if don't put it. They don't have to fill out the ballot all the way. They just leave it off. Yeah. If they just decide, if that's a thing where people just consciously, there is a group of voting voters in uh, the Academy that just straight up refused to vote for anything Netflix because of what Netflix originally stood for. It's not even about what they stand for now because now everybody's putting things on streamers. 
what people have against Netflix is because like they were the ones who started all of this. And that's why people still hate Netflix is because they were kind of the first domino to fall in the streaming wars that's killing movie theaters. However, I think that due to a massive change in the voting body, I mean, we have to think like the voting body of the Academy is drastically different even than when it was from a few years ago with Roma. Like when the Roma Green Book thing happened, I think the Academy is like probably 50% larger than it was even wow. 50% at least larger than what it was even back in 2018, four yeah. years ago. I mean, look so at they've gotten all the nominations that bigger. Drive My Car got. Exactly. Much bigger, much more diverse. Um, Jane Campion is not just a beloved filmmaker in America, but even more so internationally. Um, I think that there's a really warm sentiment towards uh, her and her films. Power of the Dog has been a little bit limping to the finish line. That is one of my biggest concerns is that, uh, of course, a lot of people might have seen Jane Campion's, uh, what was her acceptance speech? It wasn't at, at the BAFTAs. It was at the DGAs. Yeah, yeah where uh, she said that it was harder. She compared, uh, it's harder for her to win Best Director than it is for Serena Williams to uh because they don't have to play tennis against men they don't have to play boys um which led (laughs) to a whole host of takes jane just don't you just you're right take the awards right there just just go um (laughs) but i just i have to think that if this is ever going to happen it has to happen this year i think that last year was like genuinely not a great year for Netflix movies. Um, they should have as pushed far as the, the five Netflix push. They should have pushed to five. I think the that five bloods should have come out in October and not in yeah. July, personally. Um, but yeah, because you could have gotten your Chadwick just, run in there too. Like, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. Um, I just there is just part of me that I just have this feeling that I think that Power of the Dog, there's something kind of undeniable to it and i think a lot of people there's been a lot of general sentiment on twitter about just like power of the dog is boring i couldn't finish it i don't like power of the dog power hey, of the you know nap you know who's not voting on the academy awards is film twitter and thank yeah. god for that instead we have the most popular oscar which here's to malignant winning that baby yeah um, <laughs> gabriel i uh i just i'm going for power of the dog I am going to be a little bit disappointed if Coda does win this. I won't be, I won't be upset. I won't be too upset, but I do think that if you are a person who really loves movies, there's something kind of undeniable about power. The dog. And that's why I'm picking that. I also think I've heard some arguments for, and this could work either for or against Coda, but look at the pool of best picture nominees. One of these things is not like the other and it's Coda. There's, all across the board, Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, all these movies got love from the the bodies, uh, the guild bodies of like different aspects of the film making itself, whether it's cinematography mm-hmm. or production design or directing, anything like that. The only movie that kind of got excluded from all of those except for adapted screenplay and a supporting acting role is CODA. Coda's also kind of, you know, 
you can say it in a derogatory sense or not, but it's kind of like a family coming of age movie. Yeah. It is, it's closer to a decom than it is yeah. to fucking like drive my car. Like, come on, what are we talking about here? That's what people like and about so it. Because it's just like that, a nice, soft, I, easy movie. So that's why I think that. I think the push for it number, I think more than the anti-Netflix sentiment, the push for it winning is that it's kind of counterculture on mm-hmm. the best picture slate. I think for the reason for it not winning is because think about everybody who has power of the dog one, they probably don't have coda two. Not a lot of overlap between those two movies. If you have power of the dog one, you probably have a Belfast, a Belfast high or a nightmare alley or West side story or Dune. You probably have more of those like, film movies up there versus something like coda coda probably i think for a lot of people who have power of the dog high they're probably gonna have coda pretty low on their list yeah and it's because of that that i'm i'm taking power of the dog here but i i can't say i feel great about it after even after giving this whole like four and a half minute monologue i don't feel great about my power of the dog pick I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I see. we 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 do this fantasy film league every year, and you got a chance to redraft your list, and now you're winning. You're gonna run away with the film league because of Power of the Dog, the most awarded movie of the entire season, by far the most points. Dune Dune is up there too. Dune has a lot of points. Yeah. I did not draft Dune, which almost I'm like disqualified by missing Dune. I just I whiffed on Dune. Didn't, yeah. didn't know that was gonna happen. But yeah, you 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 uh you took that chance because uh which by the way, no more redrafts. We're going full auction <laughs> draft and if you yeah, yeah, we're going real draft and no no redrafting. Yeah, we're fixing everything. I am going to make you all watch uh Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady series oh, as Jesus. punishment for losing to me. Um dear God. I just real quick. I, do you want to talk about Dune here, about what you would do if Dune wins? Because I, like I said, Dune is not my favorite movies that's listed on here. But I think that we're going to look back 10 years from now and Dune's going to be the movie that we're like, why didn't Dune just win Best right? Picture? It won like well, seven, it, won like seven technical things. Like, just give it fucking Best Picture. There's more Dune coming. So, do you we think we're going to get a Return of the King kind of thing? Yeah. We're going to yeah, award like three. the... Yeah, the penultimate, the the savior Dune, whatever the fuck it's called. Messiah. Um, Messiah Dune Messiah. God Emperor Dune. Um, I did. Oh, Drew actually sent me uh, a couple of his picks. Um, I let me read those out real quick. So he has on here best Gabriel. Um Gabriel. Let me look through is the he get, on here. Is Gabriel gonna get based best Gabriel? And it looks like, yeah, so he did, he did give best Gabriel to Gabriel. So okay. congratulations to Gabriel. Um, well, we'll see. That, we'll see on he, Sunday night. If, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, he also uh, wanted to give out the award for best beach. Mm-hmm. Old beach. Um, and he said that it was really tough. He had to do a lot of soul searching. But he did decide to give it to the beach that makes you old. Okay. Um, kind of surprising that he didn't go with uh, – your background he didn't just go for dune beach because yeah, it's all sandy, beach. there's yeah. more beach in right dune. right although is it is it a or beach the, if there's no water <laughs> well I, I, well some of some of the sand is water like it does move as if it's a liquid with the vibration yeah, of the fair. worm mm-hmm. so it does emulate sort of a liquid type of uh 
Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, best puddle goes to West Side Story. Oh man, most beautiful puddle. And oh, oh no, guys. Oh God. <laughs> oh no, Hunter's at the old turn. beach. I, I ended up at the beach that makes me old. There's we a have hurricane to wrap up this coming soon. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our picks. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week with a return to Robin Williams with Mrs. Doubtfire, um, and then more Robin Williams after that with Jumanji and the rest of his epic '90s run. We also got more uh, new movies coming out with Everything Everywhere All at Once, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Ambulance, oh yeah, um, and TV. Atlanta. Atlanta is premiering right now as we record right now. this. Yeah, right now. <laughs> uh, Atlanta season three. Um, and uh, yeah, stick around. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, donate, follow, all that good stuff. And uh, thank you for listening and watching and supporting us. And stick around. We'll be back next week. And let us know uh, if you watch the Oscars, what your picks are and what you think of our picks. And, I look uh, forward to hearing about how everyone illegally streams the Oscars come Monday morning. Yes, yes. Don't get a malignant virus, please. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Or else then you'll win, Best Gabriel. Bye. Bye. <laughs>